Hey everybody, good evening. It is 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Thursday, May 5th, and I am Kelly Casperson, board certified urologist, certified life coach, mom, <laughs> tea lover. And welcome new members. So um, if you've never been on a live call before, welcome. Rules are change your name if you want. And when I have you talk, I'll usually keep the video off. So this can be as anonymous as possible in the world of internets. So raise your hand if you want coaching and I will pull you on. I'll give you a minute to decide you wanna do that or type in the chat if you've got questions about coaching. And if I don't have anybody raise their hand, maybe Jess will come on and we can talk about something. Never miss the opportunity to hang out with Jess on a group coaching evening. So welcome everybody, raise your hand at that little hand thingy if you want uh, to come on for coaching. Otherwise I will bring on maybe Jess if Jess wants to come and talk for a little bit. Warm up the audience, Jess. <laughs> I, I got this t-shirt from my staff. It says, I'm the hot urologist. And in black, it says psychotic urologist. So. Sorry if you're listening to this on the private podcast and you can't see my awesome t-shirt that my staff got me. All right. All right, people. Who wants to talk to me? Sometimes we'll talk about body. Is anybody doing any work on their body for this quarter? Um, I'm just trying to think if I'm doing any work on my body. I'm working more on my mind right now with being in the present moment and working on love. Those are my current projects. Coming at, what if I came at clinic with love? That's fun to work on. So I did that today. For the first time ever today, the first time in a long time, I like was an hour behind in clinic, which is ridiculous for me. Like that does not happen at this point in my career. And I was just like giggling about it. Not really, but I'm like, how is this even possible? I never run behind. So instead of being like upset about it, I was more like, wow, isn't this curious? I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> and just like, thanks everybody for waiting for me. And I got done by 520, which is pretty awesome. Okay, so what I'm gonna do with the first uh, person who's raised their hand, I'm just gonna rename you. Feel free to rename yourself when you come on. I'm not offended if you have crazy names like Empire State Building. state building so i'll rename you empire building why not and then i will allow you to talk good evening good evening how are you thanks for coming on i'm like talking to myself no it's totally fine um i can yeah i can talk about all kinds of stuff we can talk about the body i'll, I'll throw some stuff out there <laughs> so. I, I think my biggest struggle with the body is this acceptance of um, the damage I've done to it through residency and training and then being like, yeah, I want to take care of it now, but I also have some limitations with the past damage I've done. So like to give frame of reference, I basically just ignored it. I mean, I think that's <laughs> that's, that's essentially what happened for the last 10, 15 years was I was very active in high school and college and we could run a half marathon and then residency hit and it was like, that was my only life. And I put on like a bunch of weight and didn't exercise and didn't eat right. And then, um, got super depressed and kind of like just the last probably two years started coming out of it. But my body is so not what it was that it's very resistant to like even trying sometimes. Is the, is your, what does it mean? Your body, is your body resistant? Is your mind resistant? What's being, what's being resistant? Yeah, I think it's some of its habit, definitely some of its habit that when I get stressed, I go back into the old patterns of like, um, I'm just going to eat 70 pieces of chocolate, you know, <laughs> or, or, um, I'm going to not exercise for four or five days in a row. And that, that leads nowhere good. I just, I feel terrible at the end of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then 
then I get discouraged and then it, you know, I kind of blame. Yeah. Like I, it just makes me remember that like, oh yeah, I haven't been taking care of it and I really have to prioritize taking care of it or it's going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be done in 10 years. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we get in, we very easily get into the black and white thinking, right. Of like, well, I treated it bad all this time. So what's the point now? You know, or like, well, I've eaten the 60 pieces of chocolate. Why not 10 more? Like we kind of get into that, like, what's the point or that black and white thinking of it very easily. And if only to like be able to catch yourself in it and to be like, oh, that's what I'm doing right now. It kind of creates the space to like see where you are with it. Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts about like the past and how you treated it or like your wishes going forward or what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I think the past, I, I'm just like, I live a lot in the past of like very upset with the way I just didn't take care of it at all. Like it just, I totally checked out for a while. Um, and that's like more globally too. Like I checked out mentally, I checked out physically, just was totally checked out. And all that mattered was work. Yeah. Well, I like, I like to think of it. I know Jess thinks of it this way. I like to think of it as survival. Like there's no other, it wasn't modeled for us how to get through it any other way. Yeah. Well, that's my black and white thinking to be like, there's no other way to get through it. Like maybe there is, but it wasn't modeled for me. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't modeled for me um, either. (laughs) And so just kind of trying to, how do you like to create space for like taking care of myself as like priority number one and taking care of patients as priority, you know, like maybe two or three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's, you know, the way we're trained is like patients come first, patients come first. And now we're in this world of like, there's consequences to that. And it's like bodily harm consequences and mental health consequences. And, you know, to, to actually have the dialogue of like, maybe it's that whole, like, put your own oxygen mask on first, you know, and like the self-love first, otherwise you can't give anybody else the oxygen and love. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see that. I just have a hard time saying no. (laughs) I have a hard time saying no to others, but very easy to say no to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, like one practice of like, how do you get into like saying yes to yourself is to like, the, is keeping the commitments to yourself and like small commitments to start out with. Like I said, I was going to go to bed early. So I'm going to bed at uh, when I say I am, I'm not going to sit up and putz on my phone. And like keeping those commitments to yourself to know that you're, you have your own back is how some people start building that kind of trust with yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. And another, you know, when I think, cause I'm in the same boat as you, like we all went, got through the same training, right? Is like, I think of how much I neglected my body and just like ran it. Like I just ran my body. Like it's like, you don't own a body right? It's just like a thing that gets you to the next part of your job. And coming from it at it's from a place of like, thankfulness. And like, love, like, oh my gosh, my body got me through all of that. That's incredible. Like, thank you so much. I'm now going to take care of you going forward. Right. And almost like reframing that past as a reason to now prioritize it. Yeah, I just, yeah, I definitely need to just keep practicing the little bits. What do you want to think about your body? I'd like to be grateful for it. I think that would be a a nice thing. Um, I would like for it to maybe surprise me, you know, like in the sense of, wow, I didn't think that was capable and, and it is, um, but yeah, mostly grateful, like gratitude as opposed to regret. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about like having kind of the repetitive thoughts or like what you're really good at, like you might be really good at the regret of like seeing what the regret of it, 
how that serves you or doesn't serve you, right? And like, I'm kind of stuck in this regretting how badly I treated my body, but that doesn't get me where I want to be, which is grateful doing healthy things for it. And kind of seeing what that regret creates in your present life. Yeah, I think the regret definitely impedes me from even trying. Like, I just get stuck in, like, well, you know, like, damage is done. Right, right. <laughs> Undoable. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, again, just like the, the black and whiteness of it, of like, well, when I regret, it, that in the present moment causes me not to behave X, Y, and Z. Again, it's just like an observation of like what the regret is currently creating now. Because the past is completely gone. Like we can never yeah. go, we can never go back. Yeah, right. for sure. And be like, well, it is what it is. And now realizing it's just a creation in our mind, how we choose to think about it. Like my yeah, mind I think kept going when I fed it like level one trauma center cafeteria food for like weeks on end. <laughs> like, thanks body. Sorry I piled a bunch of crap inside of you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's like, this is a vegetable, welcome. <laughs> this, is a fr this is a fresh fruit, <laughs> like, yeah. not, fr not fruit popsicle. Yeah, <laughs> totally, the fruit juice. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was just, you know, as far as like being aware of what you're currently thinking about the past or currently like wishing about the past and being like, is that actually getting me where I want to go? Yeah, for sure. Because like to start picking apart the like, great, like how could I possibly be grateful? I treated it like poop. I'm like, dude, my body like took me to a job where I like bring money home. My body let me see like the green leaves today. Like you can get like so minutely present with what your body can give you like every single minute. Once you start paying attention to it. Yeah, I've tried to do that more with the weather because I have an extreme dislike for the cold and have moved somewhere that is colder <laughs> than 70 degrees. Um, and so I'm like, thank you that it's not 120 degrees, which is where I moved from. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's like, thank you for the rain that makes the things grow. <laughs> like, thank you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and then you realize like, oh, it's all about how we think about it. You know, like it's super rainy here right now. And people are super grumbly because they're like, May 5th, um, sun would be nice. And I'm like, dude, we don't have water scarcity. That's so awesome. Right. <laughs> like, right. Look at all the water scarcity people. That's not going to be us. Okay. Yeah, that, it's I've rain. had to shift that because I moved from um, the desert, <laughs> the literal desert, to the Pacific Northwest um, for that reason. You know, it's like, it's like, but going from 320 days of sunshine to like, 180 has been it's been a jump it's been a jump yeah and going back to the body thing your body might need different things to feel good in different climates like my body actually needs to to see as much sun as it can now and i have to prioritize that or it needs fresh air bet more now and i need to prioritize it because of the climate that i'm in yeah i think I do a lot of shaming of like, I, I don't know, my, my, my brain, my brain just is like, you're the only one that has to do that. Or like, why can't you? Yeah, I do a lot of like, why can't you just be fine? Why do you have to take extra time to be out in the sun? Why do you have to, you know, have yeah. sunlight be essential? <laughs> <laughs> why do you need air? Um, where do you think those thoughts come from? that's a good question um I think it's probably part of the perfectionist fantasy this idea that um 
Like there's no such thing as like, I can't have bad days or yeah, everything has to always be on, always be good, always be sunny. Yeah. Is part of it coming from like controlling what's around you, controlling the situation? Oh yeah, for sure. I think all of us surgeons have some uh, control tendencies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just blame anesthesia. I blame anesthesia for the weather. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I have the exact same thoughts and it's like, again, the first step's like catching the thoughts, you know, and then like being able to like, then, cause then people will judge themselves for having the thoughts. So now you've got like two bricks in the backpack instead of being like, oh, there's my brain trying to beat myself up again. And like, it can take work to like see the thought and then kind of challenge it almost in that playful way of like, the other thing you can do is see the thought as a sign of stress. Like when my body, when my my brain starts beating up on my body, that's a sign that I might be getting burnt out or I might need to take a break. Instead of it being like, there I am shitting on myself again. Be like, oh, I gotta take five and just back off here for a second. I'm taking things way too seriously. And almost using the thoughts as like a, a reminder of like what you do need to do to take care of yourself. Yeah. I think I have a lot of burnout shame in general of this idea of like, why can't I just run? Yeah. Like, why can't I just run it the way I ran it in residency, even though I know that's a hundred percent what got me to just total burnout, total disconnect, but it's like, why? But my brain just wants to be like, yeah, yeah. But like, you can do it. What if you answered the question? Why can't you just do what you did when you were 24? Oh, because it totally burns. I mean, I just burn out so fast. I burn out twice as fast. And and Mm -hmm. almost answering the question or like when it starts, when the thought starts doing it, you can be like, come on now. You know, you know why we we aren't doing this anymore. Yeah. And almost seeing, seeing the thought, because the thought, I think a lot of people, especially in beginning coaching, they're like, just make the bad thoughts go away. Right. Of like, those thoughts, especially when they come from like a trauma place, like residency, right? Those thoughts like helped us survive and helped us not stick out from the crowd and helped us be successful. Like they got us to a certain point. And now that we're all in this, like, there's gotta be something else to life. There's gotta be another way of doing this. We get to see those thoughts and be like, loving. We can try to push them away and like get them out of there. We can lovingly be like, you got me here. I had to do that to get here. Thank you so much for getting me here. But I'm going to choose to live a different way. No, that's that's definitely the dream. That's definitely the dream. (laughs) Do you and the other thing I think a lot about this that you know I'm kind of hearing is like if you don't beat yourself up, it's a common one. If you don't beat yourself up, shit's just gonna fall apart. I think. And I think that feels really true, mostly because <laughs> that's kind of falling apart at work anyway. It's not really, quote unquote, my fault, although my brain's like trying to make it my fault. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, it feels super true because it is kind of falling apart at work. But I don't know. <laughs> and, I mean, it could be falling apart with you loving the shit out of yourself, too. Yeah right? (laughs) No, for sure. For sure. I mean, like I said, it's not, it's like me running myself into the ground will only like exacerbate work falling apart because then they'll have no surgeon. They will go from one surgeon to zero. (laughs) Totally. There was the the group coaching we had, what, two weeks ago with um, Deb. I don't know if you heard that one or you were there, but she was, she was the like chronic pain coach. Yes. Yeah. And like me and the other surgeon were like, but can we have some data on like why we should be nice to ourselves? And she was basically like, listen, you can have it. Like, fine, be mean to yourselves. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to take it away from you, but like, what's it getting you? And like, it was so powerful when she said that of like, here we are waiting to like some JAMA article that we should be nice to ourselves. (laughs) And we're like, even if JAMA published it, we'd probably be like, yeah, well, it wasn't peer reviewed well enough. wasn't randomized like nobody believes that person anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was a unicorn. Um, but just the way she said it, she's like, keep hating yourselves. Fine. In a very like sort of loving way. But I was like, why are we hanging on to beating ourselves up so much? I don't know. But I, I think that that force is very strong in surgery. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I work with residents and I think the same thing. I'm like, how can I make this experience different than what I had? If like nothing else for it to be like a degree to like open up a door, you know? Like I went to the program director and I said, because I'm, I'm breast surgery. I said, you know, if one of your residents ends up pregnant or, you know, needs like some time stuff like that. I was like, this is a great rotation for them. I was like, this is a great supportive rotation for them. And I was just like, just, I don't know. Cause I was like, that would have been really nice for our residency <laughs> to have somebody treat us like a human. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, it's the whole thing of like, you know, changing the things we can, cause we're, we have the weight of the world on us. Right. And uh, I especially see it in the younger generations. Like they're supposed to like cure climate, they're supposed to figure out climate control and stop all wars and like have no inequality. Like the weight of the world's on them and they don't realize the power in like changing just what they can, which is like radical love of themselves and the people around them. It's like we have immense power to change, but we're like resistant to even changing ourselves. And then we're supposed to change the whole world. Right. It's like, what if we just work on like improving that one little thing that we actually like go to sleep with every single night? Radical. Yeah, I, I do like that book, the um, oh, um, the radical self love, the Sonia Renee Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the body's not an apology. Body's not an apology. Yeah, I read it twice. I'll probably read it a third time just to like keep <laughs> keep like hearing the thoughts. Totally. Well, it's almost like in that sense, reprogramming, right? Cause you're like, well, I've got about at least 10 years plus, let alone any childhood stuff I got from my parents. <laughs> right. Like, well, like a slight dash of radical self-love will not hurt anybody. Yeah. I joke about having, I was like this year, I'm working on my 2% compassion for myself. <laughs> it's like last year was 1%. We're up to 2%. So look out world 2023 is three percent right yeah it's coming yeah what I liked about her is like she's like it's not enough to just accept your body she was like I think like I think she swears right she's like fuck mm -hmm. accepting your body we need radical love of your body and I was like oh we're, we're gonna go like we're not okay is not good enough for her she's like radical love and I'm like that's that's pretty awesome Let's see what Jess says. Jess is raising her hand. Let's see what she's going to say. Something genius. Hi. Hi, friend. Hello, friend. Um, I heard the coolest analogy today. So this is a perfect opportunity to share it. It's about belief systems. Because what I hear Empire Building saying is there's a belief system around her body and um, kind of like the rules that are in place in her life to, you know, take care of it or not take care of it or whatever. And <clears throat> I think a lot of what we show up with is, is a result of being indoctrinated through training. Like it's a bunch of self-sacrifice. Um, it's just, it's an indoctrination process that can be sort of hard to unwind without effort, like consistent effort. And so this analogy I heard today was actually in um, a self-coaching scholars podcast that was like old, over a year old. And it was one that Lauren Cash did on beliefs. Mm -hmm. And she talked about using the Jenga game as an analogy. So if you have your whole Jenga stack all stacked up, that's a belief system. And it can be overwhelming to think that like we need to dismantle the whole thing. But really all it is, is just taking one thought at a time and getting curious about it. And when you get curious about one little thought, that's like pushing one of those little blocks in out of the, you know, when you take your turn to do Jenga and you push the block out, 
You're looking, you're staring like you, okay, good. No, I'm you like, feel like not literally drawing it in my brain. Yes. So like, then you take the next thought that's a part of this belief system and you kind of get curious about that. And as you do that, you push the next little block out. And then suddenly there's enough destabilization that the whole tower falls down. So you don't actually have to dismantle every single belief in the belief system for it to be completely eradicated or changed or, um, you know, deconstructed. It just takes enough to destabilize it in your brain until you're like, oh, okay, I see this. Now this is how I'm going to do it. Does that make sense? Like to me, that was such a great analogy because it can be so hard and overwhelming to think you got to change everything. And we really don't. And, and especially when we've like, I use the word indoctrination now several times, like that might sounds like a really dramatic, severe word, but I think it's applicable, particularly as it pertains to women, the way we have been internalizing messages about what our bodies should be and how they should work. And then we go through this training process and then into uh, a surgical culture where sacrificing yourself is like a quote unquote right thing to do. So to me, it's like a no brainer that it would be, um, simpler to just work on one little thing at a time. What's the name? Not Martha Beck. Uh, the lady who, who, who asks, is it true? Oh yeah. 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 Byron Katie. Byron Katie. Yeah. Byron Katie's big thing with thoughts is like, let's say empire building has a thought. Uh, I should stay up all night working on what project. I don't know. Give me a should thought empire. Um, yeah, I should get up at five in the morning to do more like charting or something. Oh yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Um, okay. So I should get up at five in the morning to do more charting and just, and if you, that comes in and it feels strong to ask, is it true? Yeah. I've definitely been really trying to work on that. <laughs> the is it true? Does it like, it feels true, but that doesn't make it true. Is, is there another option? I think that's the other thing. I'm like, is there another option? Yeah. Or you could even ask the opposite then. I shouldn't wake up at five in the morning to do more charting. Could that also be partially true or true? You know, you just like get the opposite and then like, then you can kind of like matrix it. Right. And you can like look around them and be like, oh, well, this is valid, but this one's also kind of valid because we get into this, like, we just have to listen to this thought like it's like it's real and it's a fact like no that's your brain just trying to keep you safe and safe mostly safe like yeah maybe it's not true maybe i need to sleep tomorrow Yeah, I think the interesting thing about residency in general is that we all kind of come with some of our trauma anyway, and then it kind of compounds on it. Some of it, you know, like Jess was saying, like socialization of women, <laughs> just what we're supposed to think about our bodies, and then how we're supposed to be sacrificial to other people anyway, whether that's a spouse or um, a family member, and then we go into medicine, so we're like sacrificing for medicine. Um, and then residency compounds that and then you like get to the end of it and you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to like spend time on myself. I only know how to, <laughs> I only know how to sacrifice at the altar. <laughs> yeah. And we get really good at it too. Right. And then it's like, well, doing this other thing is actually kind of hard right now. And I don't want to do hard. So we'll do what's easy, which is actually the hard thing to do. I had a thought today. So I'm working on, I think another thing we're trained with is I can do this on my own. I don't need help. That's a strong one for me. And today I actually had the thought cause I'll, I'll, it'll come back sometimes and I'll be like, could it also be true that I need a team and this could be a team sport? I'm like, I am having more fun with my team now than I ever have. 
because they actually want to be involved. They actually want to take care of people. That's why they're in healthcare. I got to let them have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I've definitely had to work on that one too. Because I feel like in residency, it was like, you're a part of the team, but you don't trust anybody. Like that was what was always kind of gone over and over again was this idea that like, if you want it done right, do it yourself. <laughs> Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And and in that thought being like, it came from trying to protect patients, right? Like it kind of came from a good place, but because we think it came from a good place, we can't let it go. Yeah. We can't question it. Right. It's like those thoughts where we're like, but it's a good thought because it protects people. But they're like, but it's at what sacrifice? And is it always true? Yeah, that one I've had to let go a lot of lately because, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, I can't do it all. I can't do it all. No, you can, there is so much work to be done. Oh my God, we cannot do it. There's just so much. I've been doing this thing lately where I'm just like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like I probably could do it all and like never sleep and be completely miserable, but I don't effing want to, I'm like totally in this new phase of life where I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. Like these rules, these rules that we've been following are just made up. And I think I'm finally to this point in my life. And I know we're like diverting from the whole body talk here where I'm like, well, shoot, like I have the option to not do this like this anymore. And so maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. And now that I really don't give a rat's ass what my partners think about me, like I really don't because I realize how much of my life I have lived through the perspective of what I think other people think about me. What a freaking prison that is. And now I don't care. I don't know. I just like waxed poetic for a second there, but I got inspired. <laughs> this is no, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. What would you say, Empire? I thought that was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you get to a point with the coaching and the mind work. I hope everybody gets to this point at some point where you can literally dance around your thoughts. Like you see it as a, it's a neurochemical neuron to neuron, we don't even know how it works, thought. And to be able to dance around them, like, you know, like Justice just did so beautifully is like, are these thoughts, because we just hang on to them, right? We're like, boom, but this one's gotta be true. It got me here. Like, yeah, you can let it go whenever you want. And like, then the having fun with it, right? Like today in clinic, and I'm like, what if I just decided to love everything about clinic today? Why not just try it see what happens like just literally just having fun with it and it's just i think it's just fun stuff like why don't you just why don't you just decide to love on every single consult that comes in and see what happens because it's different <laughs> like to me like it just becomes a kind of a playful because you get to the point where you're like matrixing around the thoughts you're like i've thought for how many years that a consult shouldn't be bothering me shouldn't be happening they should know more about my specialty all these and I'm like what if I just tell them like how are you doing today how can I help you like why play with it but like it can become a very thought work can become a very playful thing we're just so damn serious all the time <laughs> I think that's really true Kelly and I also think it's like really fun when you get to the point where you see the thought and you're like, oh yeah, I don't really believe that. And you don't have to actually make the thought go away. Like it can just be there and you do not have to believe it. And then you realize what the things are that you do believe in the fact that you're choosing to believe them. And it's like the ultimate power. It's like, oh yeah, well, I'm doing this on purpose. It makes you realize how much power you have. <laughs> 
truthfully. I mean, that's why it's so amazing. But then the other thing we do with these, like your beginning coaching with these heavy thoughts is like, we want to psychoanalyze it of like, why? Why am I having this thought? Why is it still here? Whoa. It's like, you don't, you don't have to. You could just be like, here's a thought. This is what it's been creating in my life. Could I think the opposite? Could I just say, hey, thanks, right, left-sided part of my brain? It's like every time we say the word should, it's like something to pay attention to. Because I think the more we get rid of the shoulds and the more we, we become more in integrity with how the life we're supposed to be living. Yeah, I definitely want to get to a point where more like Jess, you know, I, because I recognize that some of the problem is that I will make other people's opinions or voices louder than my own opinion of what I should be doing or who I should be or what I should think. Um, and like, I agree, like, what a waste of time, what a waste of energy, what, what, what a waste of a life, really. Okay. It's like, there is one person who's ever lived your life and it's you. Like nobody's ever lived that life before. Make everybody can have opinions about what you're supposed to be doing, but like, you're the only one. And they're going to have those opinions. It, it has nothing to do. I, I do believe that, but like, it has nothing to do with you. Like some people, like they're just angry and like, whether, what, no matter what you do, like they're going to continue to be angry. So like, why, why even try? <laughs> totally. And then it just becomes playful. Like that's really helped me with patience. Like patients shouldn't be angry. Patients should like me. Don't they know that I'm trying my best? Don't they know I did everything? Like all the stuff with like how I think they should behave. And once I got coaching on it and realized like, it's not my job to make them feel anything other than what they're feeling. Cause that's their experience. And then I just get to come at it of like, oh, instead of trying to change them, right? Just be like, I think I would be mad if I was in your situation too. And then like you see their anger just drop and you're like, I think I just discovered a super superpower. <laughs> like, what's this coaching thing? Like, yeah, you should be angry. Be angry. And then they're like, oh. <laughs> like, it's it's a miracle. Just stop controlling other people and the other people can't control you. Anything else you, you want clarity <laughs> on or help with tonight, Empire? No, no, this is all good. This is all good. Yeah, watch your thoughts. Don't hang on to them. Just see them. Like writing them down too. Like I had five shoulds in 10 minutes today. It was coming in hot and heavy. Was That must mean I need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, I'll put you back. We'll get another hand raise. All right, thanks. Thanks up tonight. All right, surgeons, you have me and Jess. It's pretty cool. We don't always get to come on at the same time. Next person, raise your hand if you want to talk about something. There we go. All right, I'm gonna assume your name's already changed. I don't know, but I like it. We're gonna go with it. Good evening. Hi. Hey, what do you got? Uh, so 
honestly don't really know. I just figured if no one was raising their hand, I would just shoot for it. It's your stage. Um, Happy to to hang out with you tonight. So I don't know. I think it's more like, I think you've used the term decompressing the spaghetti of like one of those just whirlwind weeks. It was short. Like I really didn't have much Monday. I don't really have much tomorrow. Um, but like it was just crazy for some reason. It was just like all the things just kept piling up and just kept happening. Like just one thing after another, just crap. And fortunately, nothing like that that terrible. Like no patients died or anything. But like, you know, come home after a long day, and then the toddler breaks a glass, and then husband accidentally spills boiling water on him (laughs) just like really are you kidding me um so I don't know I think just like coming down or trying to come down at the end of like a few just kind of crazy chaotic days of whoa there's a lot of just feels and I don't know where to start you know of like decompressing the feels essentially (laughs) I think feeling feelings is kind of new-ish to me so I'm trying to feel them in the moment more but sometimes when it's just crazy and there's so much slamming me all at once it's like all right you just have to keep moving and then at the end of the day how do you kind of decompress that yeah I don't know or I guess I normally do with like exercise but then when there's not even time to do that (laughs) Then I jump on a cooking call. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that's for, for all of us to learn because again, we didn't learn yeah. that of like, how do we turn, how do we transition cortisol, sympathetic body to like a body that can rest and relax and accept and like learning that people actually figure out what works for them to do that. And it's different for everybody of like is it yoga is it talking to the husband is it watching comedy and getting a laugh in is it journaling is it having a cup of tea and and looking at nature like whatever it it is like to know that like our body actually can't just be like sympathetic ah relax digest sleep like it does take a transition and then becoming curious about oh at the end of a long week I know when I do this, I can then get rest easier and not get stressed and not be on and stuff like that. Is that, is that what you're looking for? Or are you more like curious about feeling feelings or what do you? I don't know. I think maybe more the like untangling them and where to start, which I guess you were kind of answering with the just kind of decompressing and figuring out how to unwind. Yeah. And I guess learning different techniques for that when the one that you normally have isn't necessarily available. Yeah, I mean, for for me, just an example, um, Friday nights, I'd go get a bottle of wine and sushi at the grocery store and then have that with my family and drink a half a bottle of wine. Because that was like my trigger to decompress for like the weekend. And I actually stopped, through the help of coaching, I stopped drinking 11 months ago. And so I knew what I had to do is I had to figure out a different trigger to go from like, go, go, go to chill. I was just going to be wound up. I was going to be wound up with my kids. I was going to be wound up with my husband. I was going to be wound up. Right. And so it's like, fine. And I think so many people do that transition with either food or alcohol. And like, is there a different way to do it that might help our body better? Um, and if you to do it more like, quickly, I guess, because I think the alcohol is a quick, like very quick crap. I don't have time and I just need to unwind a little bit. So yeah, I don't wind up or take it out on kids or husband or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and if it's a thing where you're like, I've, got, I've had such a week, I don't even know what's in here anymore. I, I mean, exercise is perfectly fine just to get the endorphins to like switch. That's amazing what like 10 minutes of stretching will do, or even foam rolling. If you're like, I just need to foam roll because I'm my, my shoulder's super tight from this week, right? It's like foam rolling can can do it. Um, 
And then journaling, just to be like, I'm feeling tension in my shoulder. I was sad on Tuesday. And like, just like writing it all out to kind of a way of getting it out of the body. And I guess that kind of gets into the next point of then once it's kind of, I think this is something that, I don't know, maybe I've kind of always struggled with, maybe a lot of us do that like, when there's all that stuff that's just sort of like bottled up from, you know, a tough, crazy week, it's almost, I guess, more that feeling of like, okay, if I unload it and start feeling all of it, how do I know it's not going to like swallow me up? Yeah. And I know that because I've done it before and I know, but. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's a good question. And people like, this is, I think this is a universal <laughs> human thing. And it's the black and white, it's the black and white thinking again, right? Like yeah. if I feel sad or overwhelmed or like, oh my God, I, for, I, for example, I had this 25 year old today and it was the saddest freaking thing. And like, if I was just going to let myself think about how sad it was, like, I'm going to be like adopting this person basically. But um, in one of the tips of that is like, when we think we're going to be overwhelmed by the feeling, it, it creates kind of like, a, we don't want to feel it right? Because we're like, we want to resist it. And to the way to like, not be overwhelmed by it is truly allowing it of like, I'm going to, for example, I'm going to be sad. I'm not going to, it's the resisting that is like, builds the overwhelm. Instead of like, I'm going to see what sadness is, and I'm just going to be sad and like accepting the sad. And I love the quote, like more people die from trying not to feel feelings. You don't actually die from feeling feelings, but you die from trying not to, whether that's with alcohol or violence yeah. or you know what, whatever else we do, thinking of serious things like suicide. Um, that's where the destruction comes from because we don't want to feel them. And the overwhelm comes from us thinking we can't handle feeling them. Yeah. I think it's also almost a time element though of like crap how long is this gonna take to like get through all of that spaghetti and feel all that stuff because I feel like on days that I don't know are a little slower or I'm more well rested I can like practice that but maybe just because I'm still new at practicing that but like the example you're giving like practicing feeling sad about like that was a really sad case for the patient. And that's, you know, I feel sad for them and I'm going to feel sad for a few minutes and I can spend a few minutes on this, you know, day or at this time. And so that works in the flow. And so I feel sad for a little bit and it'll pass and I'm good. Yeah. I mean, but they've actually done, I guess it's the, like when there's days that it just keeps moving. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they've done research on it. Like a true feeling moving through the body takes 90 seconds. Yeah. how do you know or how many are under the spaghetti <laughs> what's that you're like i've got 100 yeah miles. but 90 seconds per feeling of, yeah i don't know how many are there I've got about 12 years of 90 second feelings i haven't felt <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah i mean I, again i always go back to like the first step like for you is like realizing you've got a bunch of spaghetti on top of you right now yeah right and like accepting that of like, well, maybe I haven't learned how to, you know, transition my body into relax mode. And that's what I want to work on. Or I want to, and, and the other thing you can do is you can just pick a feeling and be like, for a while, I'm going to just work on feeling sad for a while. Because if, if you're like, I got to feel like, have you seen those yeah. feeling wheels? They're like insane. There's like at least 47 feelings or something crazy. But like, if you're like, I'm going to feel all the feelings and I've never felt this before and I'm going to do it quickly. Like, no, that's just the surgeon being like, I'm going to learn how to do a heart transplant in a half a day. Like, no. And, and you know, when, when I hear people say like, I don't have enough time, to me, that's always like a time scarcity thought of like, yeah. you do, you do. You just might really not want to. 
or like yeah, you brought up the time like, scarcity thing a couple times i'd love to dig into that more at some point oh that's a fantastic yeah. thing to be <laughs> fantastic like i was like i was like in year two of dealing with time scarcity <laughs> and of course it was not happening fast enough for me um and now i'm like i'm on the other end of getting coached on time scarcity where i'm like i have tons of time i'm do more now than i ever have done because my thought now is there's enough time you know it changes your life but for me that took i mean we had residency there's never enough time you literally did five people's jobs <laughs> like 80 hours was like not working enough because you were doing so many people's jobs so yeah, time scarcity is like tattooed on our face. And in our society too. And in our society. I mean, I think it was after one of the coaching sessions that you mentioned that I was like, whoa, really? That could be just a thought and a choice. And my husband was like, there's not enough time. And I was like, what if that was just a thought? Yeah. I and told that to like, an anesthesiologist. just couldn't handle day. that. <laughs> when I was like yeah. in the beginning of it, I was like, you let not enough time what just a thought. Said. And he was like, his head exploded on the other side of the truck. <laughs> what? <laughs> then, you want to, then he wants to prove to me why there's not. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a creation because you had a thought of not enough time. Yeah, yeah, no, time scarcity is totally worth it. Um, I mean, so you just flip the attention all around. Because I think that's also a part of the like, oh my gosh, I don't want to feel the feelings because this is going to take too long to go through all of them. Yeah. So I like the point of at first pick like one, just pick one and go from there. See what else comes. Yeah. And well, I'm happy like come back on another one and we'll talk, pick a feeling and I'll help you feel it. Cause it's actually kind of cool. Like right actually, now. Like, a way to feel feelings. <laughs> Who knew? Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this one other surgeon has their hand up. So I'm going to jump on, on over to her for real quick while we finish up the hour. All right, thanks for hanging out today. All right, let's change names and we'll get to our last surgeon here. Rename. All right, may the fifth be with you. May the fifth I like the I like the name. There's, a, there's another Star Wars thing for the fifth. May the fourth be with you and revenge of the fifth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hi. Hi. Um, got six minutes. We can do something. Okay. Um, probably an ambitious ask for six minutes, but in the vein of feeling feelings or not feeling feelings. Um, any thoughts about how, I guess, how not to feel bullied by administration or um, I guess trying to figure, figure out where, what I want to do. I'm early, early career, um, having some issues in terms of feeling not supported, um, trying to develop a program um, at the hospital that I'm employed by. Um, and um, I'm having some difficult interactions with OR staff that, you know, when I express my concerns about patient safety have landed me uh, getting uh, reprimanded by the CMO, even though like not raising my voice, not yelling, not being rude or snarky. Um, at least I don't feel that way. <laughs> so trying to, trying to figure out how to, how to accept um, my feelings of feeling under unsupported and bullied and, where to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll kind of give like a, a five minute overview because we have five minutes. Okay. <laughs> like, Thank you. We could easily Perfect. do like, see this nice, beautiful piece of white paper that I haven't used at all. Like we could eat next time. We'll easily fill this piece of paper with this because it's great to do a model on it. But uh, my, my two thoughts that came to mind in hearing your story, again, real like 10,000 foot overview is when uh, you don't feel supported, check in with you supporting yourself. Number one. Of like, I I have an idea of what I want to do to create this program. I've got my own back on first and foremost. 
yes, it'd be great to get everybody else's support of this, but I have my back first and foremost, and always, okay. no matter what. And so it's kind of that, like, we're looking outward for the support that we should give ourselves first. Okay. And how often do we, like, check in with that, right? Um, so that would be just one quick reflection. And then the other quick reflection is like, especially with early career, like, oh my gosh, I wish somebody told me this when I was starting out, is like everything you do or say to somebody is an experiment. And when you think about life more like, oh, well, maybe that didn't go how I intended it to. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm gonna try it this way next time. Okay, see how it goes, curious. And like, such a just a lighter way of like oh my gosh you might have ten thousand things you need to get accomplished to like have your center of excellence or whatever you want to create right and you don't know how to create it yet because if you did know how to create it it would already exist mm -hmm. right and if somebody else knew how to create it it would already exist so we don't know how this is going to happen but how we do it and how we get there is just by trying things being like we think the path should just be like this like say find out what i need say what i need get what i need done and like the path is like this in life right. and like anything in life right but like you're like huh when i asked the nurse for something this way that turned out how i i didn't want it to go all that way that's curious okay well next time maybe i'll approach it this way or next time maybe i'll like write an email or next time I'll, and not like an obsessive kind of how do I deal with stuff in the future, but like everything we do is just an Okay. And it doesn't mean you're always an asshole or you're always <laughs> going to fail or like we make it, we make it so heavy. We're like, I've been rejected twice. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but you're going to accomplish this great big thing. We, we all <laughs> just got to keep trying to figure out how to do it which is just a, a much lighter way than being like, oh my God, I've failed two times already. So I'm probably, I probably suck at this and I'm not meant to do it. Okay. Did any of that resonate? Uh, I mean, <laughs> a, a little bit. I feel like I've, um, am now like a year and a half into the cycle of trying various things. Um, and, uh, it, the only response I feel like is uh, decreasing support from, from the hospital. Um, and just it's kind of like, well, you're, you're not being nice. Like you, you know, um, it's not that you're raising your voice. It's that the staff doesn't want to disappoint you and they don't respond to your positive feedback because they know you're disappointed. And it's like, <laughs> So there's there's literally it's like telling me to smile more <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. completely useless advice <laughs> yeah it's completely useless advice yeah and you know there are some places that, it, that they're not going to get you right and they're not going to get like you like want to experiment and you want to like try to make it work and you're trying yeah. to make it work and all that stuff and just being able to kind of then play with the communication with the feedback of like, is there any truth in this feedback? What can I learn from this? Right. Is it possible that I could be like, guys, I absolutely love X, Y, and Z. And I'm worried you're going to feel like I'm blah, blah, blah. Like it's like learning how to give, like communicate. It's that magic piece, right? Which like, we're never taught in residency of like, right. these, these people we have to work with, they're not surgeons. They don't think like us. If they wanted to be surgeons, they would have been surgeons. Oh. They just want a paycheck and they want to go home. Right. Right. And in like learning, and I had to learn this with my nursing staff, like me treating them, how I treated people in residency was not working for anybody. I had, to, but I had to own that. I'm like, I could get better at what they need. And then that'll help me get what I need. Right. And kind of saying like, is, is there any truth in what they say? And if there's not, and you've tried everything, then owning that and being like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Why am I still suffering if, if I've truly tried gotcha. it? Okay. Cool. But yeah. Like this is happy to continue it 
definitely more and like slow down and do them <laughs> in all the pieces. Perfect. <laughs> like you shouldn't feel like you got everything you needed in seven minutes. No, no, I know. <laughs> I will try to try to get on a little earlier next time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for bringing it up. And yeah, and like Perfect. at the end of the day, what you're seeking from others, you give to yourself. It yeah. actually makes a huge difference. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Have Later. a good night. Bye-bye.